Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Governments are supposed to be accountable to journalists, or at least pretend to be. Governments never look good when they ignore journalists, and they look much worse when they threaten or bully journalists. But companies? Companies can kind of do whatever they want. Like, for example, the companies run by New Brunswick's Irving family are notoriously secretive and aggressive towards journalists. I speak here from experience because about five years back when we exposed some of the Irving secrets, they were aggressive to us, threatening a lawsuit that never came. Anyhow, that is one big difference between governments and companies, which is why it was so weird for the Ottawa Citizens reporter David Pugliese to ask the government a question and get an answer back from a company, an angry answer, a threatening answer from the president of Irving Shipbuilding. You know what? I lied. It wasn't that weird. It was actually the third time that that exact thing had happened to David Pugliese. And he joins me in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Barbara Madden, Stacey DuPont, Alan Schmutz, Cindy Alexander, Bryant Thompson, Bob DeWalk, Matthew Lisi, and Gail Herman. Hi, my name is Gail Herman, and I'm a dental assistant from Vancouver Island. 
I first started supporting Canada Land in 2015 when I found myself listening for free and then turning to the news, asking questions in a way I never had before. Every day I find myself up to my neck, wading through news stories and trying to make sense of it all. I continue to support Canada Land because I have come to rely on you and all the other hosts to keep hitting me with a variety of perspectives so that I don't get lazy in my consumption of the news. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Dave, it was a day like any other, and then what happened? Well, I had gotten a tip uh, from an individual that there had been issues with uh, welds on the Arctic offshore patrol ships. So those are vessels being built at uh, Irving Ship uh, shipyards, shipbuilding, on the East Coast. And uh, that's a project that's costing uh, taxpayers $3.5 billion. So what I did, uh, it was March 6th, uh, I submitted questions to... Uh, Public Works, or Procurement Canada, as it's called now, and the Department of National Defense. So I submitted those at um, 11.16 a.m. Eastern. Then at 12.48 Eastern, I got uh, an email from Sean Lewis of Irving Shipbuilding. He's the public relations gentleman. And he has said that, uh, you know, they have been told by Procurement Canada um, about my uh, request. It had been brought to his attention, and he wanted to talk to me. So at 1.23 Eastern, I get a call from uh, Kevin McCoy. He's president of Irving Shipbuilding, and uh, he started to ask me uh, what I was, quote, asserting. And I told him I wasn't asserting anything. I was asking, uh, you know, questions, and that's what journalists do. And I had asked him, like, how did he get my name? How did he know what I was asking? And he, had, uh, he mentioned that he had been given the information by the client, 
And, uh, you know, I expressed concern that my privacy had been violated. And 67 seconds into our phone conversation, he said that I would be getting a, a lawyer's letter from Irving. And uh, we ended the call there. The lawyer's letter came uh, about an hour later, essentially saying if I wrote a story saying that there was problems with the welds, that the ships had to be taken out of water, that I would be sued personally, and every publication that uh, ran that story would also be sued. Let me just review here. You get a tip about problems with the weld on the ships. You call the government because they're the ones spending billions of dollars on this, Department of Defense and Procurement specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just trying to follow up to see if there's something there. You do not call Irving yet. No. You only told the government that you you just want to know if this is true or not, but it's not the government that calls you back. It's Irving that calls you back. That's right. First, it's their flack, and then it's the president, and he threatens to sue you personally. That's correct, yes. I had mentioned to him that, you know, if I needed to call Irving at a later date, I would, but I still hadn't heard back from the government yet on whether whether the information that I've been provided was true. In their legal letter, they Irving claimed that I was writing a story and, and that type of thing. Well, I wasn't writing a story. I was asking a question, which is kind of basic journalism. I'm afraid to ask you this question because I I think if I do, you're going to answer it. And when you do answer it, I want you to pretend that you're speaking to an idiot in all matters military because you are. What is the big deal about there being problems with the weld in in a ship that would require them to take it out of the water? Well, if this was true, then that would signify that there are obviously issues with this project. And and like I said, taxpayers are spending $3.5 billion. So that's a lot of money. The Department of National Defense eventually did get back to me, and they confirmed that they had shared my uh, information with Irving. And they also said that there were problems with the welds, but uh, that they were minor and that the ships didn't need to come out of the water. You know, this is the type of stories that I do, you know. I'm kind of tracking where our tax dollars are going and how they're being spent. If the government had just called you back and said, yeah, there's some problems with the weld, but nothing serious, would you have written that up? Would that have been a story for you? No. I mean, there's always going to be some minor issues, and, and that's to be expected on these big projects. So I've done this before where, you know, I ask the Department of National Defense or Procurement Canada, hey, I've been told this. What do you say? And they might come back and say, well, yeah, it's true. Or they'll say, no, there's, there's no issues. And so when they say no issues, uh, you know, I usually take them for their word at their word and there isn't a story. I think that uh, it might require like putting this in some context for people. Like, like first of all, there's just like a aggressive creepiness to it. You ask somebody for information and then somebody else calls you back and says, I hear you've been asking questions about me. You better cut it out. Right. Uh, that's disconcerting no matter what. But the fact that it's government that you sent the questions to and then a private company that calls you back and threatens you is super disconcerting, but also possibly illegal. I mean, Irving called the government our client and it was uh, it was our, their client that shared, here are the questions that this guy's asking and here's who it is. I won't claim to be an expert on privacy laws and if this is a violation of them. What's your insight into that at this point? 
Well, Department of National Defense and Procurement Canada have both started internal investigations to determine if the privacy law has been breached. In my view, it has. At the very least, it's an ethical violation. I'm calling the government. I'm asking for information. And they're turning over my details to an outside entity. Irving Shipbuilding is not Procurement Canada. It is not the Government of Canada, and it is not the Department of National Defense. Well, they're not doing a very good job of establishing that separation. <laughs> no. Um, and, and just to give you some context, I mean, this has happened uh, two other times before. So in October 2016, the same thing happened with Procurement Canada, where they turned over my information to a um, individual who is uh, working on communications for Irving. And then last year, Department of National Defense, I had asked a question about helicopters. And uh, next thing you know, I get a, an email from someone in the defense industry saying, hey, Dave, word on the street is you're asking about helicopters. It gets to a point where, you know, it's almost ridiculous. I think it bears pointing out that the question of government's cozy relationships with massive private corporations is kind of something that we're talking about these days. Definitely. My concern is, and I've asked for comment from Carla Qualtro, who's a procurement minister, and I asked for comment from Harjit Sajjan, the defense minister, didn't get any response. I've asked Procurement Canada about the extent of the information they shared. Did they work out some kind of strategy with Irving? You know, we've got a pesky journalist asking questions. Next thing you know, I'm being threatened with a lawsuit. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I've asked for comment, and they're not even acknowledging my emails. When you're a journalist asking questions of government, they uh, at least must appear to be accountable, and there are certain things that they would be loath to do. It would be a pretty damn bad look for the government to be threatening to sue a journalist. Mm -hmm. But the Irvings, through their various entities, have no such problems. Uh, I have been threatened. This organization has been threatened for our coverage of Brunswick News International, uh, the Irvings newspaper chain. They never followed through with it, but they don't seem to think twice about strong-arming a journalist who's asking tough questions. If the government can essentially outsource that thuggery to a corporation that they're very closely collaborating with on these big projects, it starts to actually corrode into government accountability. I mean, you're asking the government questions and Irving's coming back with the threats. I, I, I agree. I mean, one of the, um, in the email that Procurement Canada sent me to explain what they did, they said, well, we shared your information, we shared your name with Irving to provide, quote, context. And so I said, well, what does context mean? Well, what are you talking about, right? I mean, yeah. and I have yet to get an answer on this. There's another bit of wider context that we have to place this within, which, which is the Admiral Norman affair, and I mean, which is also has very much to do with the government's relationship with, with Irving. Mm -hmm. Admiral Norman is in court. He is charged with uh, one count of breach of trust, and the allegation against him was that he provided uh, information to journalists and to uh, uh, Davy Shipyards about a, a supply ship project that the federal government was uh, undertaking. Now, one of the key aspects that's come out in court is that the Irvings had sent a letter to the Liberal government about their rival shipyards project. And after that letter arrived, cabinet ministers then decided uh, that they might want to hold off on proceeding with this ship uh, being produced at the Davy Yard. 
When that happened, the information leaked out into the media and the Liberal government had to kind of retreat on, on that plan. What would you imagine your reputation is with the Irvings based on your reporting of that story? That's hard to say. I mean, I'm communicating with the Irving uh, Corporation only by email, just for my own protection, so to speak. So uh, I don't really know what they think about me. That doesn't come into my reporting at all. So I just report the facts or if we get tips, that's what we report on. I file access to information, you know, about these projects. I mean, that's the job. There's a lot of money, a lot of your money, a lot of my money, a lot of Canadians' money that are are going into these projects. And uh, Irving is now going to start on a um, new uh, warship project called the Canadian Surface Combatant. And that project is worth $60 billion. It is the largest single Canadian public outlay of money in the country's history. Like it's the biggest thing we've ever bought? It's the biggest single thing we have ever purchased. I'm not talking about like the cost of World War II or anything like that. This is the largest uh, single item that has been purchased. David, who is watching this who what journalists are covering defense in canada and checking the receipts and asking the questions that you're asking so there's essentially myself there's murray brewster at uh, the cbc and there's um lee berthume at uh, canadian press so you have uh, and lee has to uh, you know uh, do other other things as well so two and a and half that, yeah and that's the entire defense beat so you know i'm writing uh, stories about sexual assault uh, harassment in the canadian forces i'm writing about procurement neo-nazis and the you know the military and and murray and lee are doing that as well so of course there are also the irving's own newspapers uh brunswick news international uh, which you know you think that they're covering the communities in which this work is being done we went behind their impenetrable paywall and uh this is how far we're willing to go we bought the 99 cent introductory subscription as far as we can tell they haven't reported on any of this not the weld stuff and uh, certainly not your interaction with uh, with irving management Right. I mean, uh, I don't follow their newspapers. It's kind of hard to know what to say. I mean, we talk about like how bad things are getting and how beats are going unreported and what, what's happening and the, all the areas that are going underexamined. Uh, you know, I think you do a fine job, but, you know, would you agree that it's just simply impossible for two and a half journalists who have other things they need to cover to adequately put that kind of scrutiny on, on a project that's of this scope and magnitude? It's extremely difficult because, you know, there's multiple defense procurement projects that are underway. I mean, the shipbuilding is is the biggest, but, you know, we've got fighter jets coming up. There's like 16 or $20 billion. Uh, so, yeah, we're spread thin for sure. And we do our best. What's your follow-up? I mean, it seems like, you know, <laughs> they basically gave you a story where there wouldn't have been one through their... their uh thuggish response but it feels like maybe you've got like a thread here worth pulling on oh i'm i'm definitely going to be uh filing uh access to information requests uh, i'm sure they're waiting for them i know they're waiting for them whether i get anything from that is another matter um because like i've always contended the access to information setup is rigged against those who apply and if you do complain uh, you've got an information commissioner who may get back to you within a, a year or two i think the longest i've ever had one of my complaints is seven years so i may even be retired or dead by that you know, by that time, I'm considering as well filing a, a privacy complaint. Again, 
I don't have a lot of faith in the so-called watchdogs, but at least to get the process going and see how that works. They're acting like somebody who's got something to hide. Well, I, you know, I, I can't say that, but I would like to see the, the mechanism, and particularly that Procurement Canada put into play. You know, for instance, was, was Minister Qualtro advised of this, right? Were her staff providing advice, for instance, on, on what to do? And I think that could produce either additional stories or at least give me valuable information to know what I'm up against when I am poking around on, on these um, multi-billion dollar defense procurement programs. All right, David, thank you very much. Thank you. Just a quick follow-up to note that we have reached out to Irving Shipbuilding. We sent questions to Sean Lewis, their press contact, asking them about this encounter, about whether or not they are aware that they may have been party to an alleged breach of privacy law, and also asking them whether it is standard practice for their president to threaten reporters with lawsuits when reporters ask questions, or if this was a one-time thing. They haven't gotten back to us in time for publication, but if they do get back to us, we will update the show notes on our website. That's your Canada Land Show. I hope you liked it. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com and I will read what you send. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Our website is at canadalandshow.com. New episode of Oppo this week. Canadian politics continues to be revoltingly interesting. Check it out. This episode is produced by Kasia Mihailovic. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like this show and you want ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, you can get them by supporting us with five bucks or more at patreon.com slash canadaland. Please do. Canada is a haven for white-collar fraud where nobody goes to jail. It'd be God forbid that we put our rich people in, in prison. It's nuts because it's a province of Canada trying to figure out ways to circumvent the Canadian criminal code. When we thought they were investigating us and everything's going to blow up, he said, here's the plan. Uh, you kill yourself and I'll take care of your kids. How can someone who I've never heard of and who's not a public office holder be like the key influencer at the biggest school board in the country? There's no way you're going to threaten me. I mean, I am going to do what is right for my community. I'm Archie Mann, host of Commons, and we've dedicated an entire season to telling you stories about corruption in Canada. And sure, you've heard about Quebec. Seven arrests of former Liberal and Parti Québécois politicians and staffers on 13 criminal charges. But the truth is that in many ways the rest of Canada is just as bad. I've never believed for a second that the problem of corruption stops at the Ontario-Quebec border. <laughs> like, that is, like, you know, ludicrous. Take Sleepy Caledon, Ontario, where the Mafia went to war with a small-town mayor. Her husband was beaten, she was framed by a federal official for tax evasion, and the provincial government? Well, they seem to be on the side of the Mafia. So then he told me that he had some serious complaints against me and that they could go away if we make these lands uh, residential. Or how about British Columbia? Today, the B.C. government's estimating that billions of dollars a year of dirty money was flowing into casinos and real estate, fueling the housing and opiate crises. People bringing in reusable shopping bags filled with bundles of $20 and $50 bills. And no one did a thing about it. 
Then there's PEI, which embarked on a harebrained scheme to try to circumvent the criminal code and defraud the rest of the country. And now they're stuck in a legal battle with a former CFL player. I played football back in the day. You want double team, you double team. But you're in for a long day. I'm going to hammer you. I'm going to break your will. To hear it all, subscribe to Commons from Canada Land, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to... And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will let me serve in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.